0: The reason why curiosity and the play and the allowing nature to take its course, like that sort of thing, the reason why that works is if you allow yourself to ask questions along the way, to reflect, to analyze, to just assess, that's probably going to be one of the fastest ways to let things just kind of go. You wanna be open to the feedback that you get from your body versus the feedback that you get from like an instructor, another person who says this is the way you should or shouldn't do something.
1: Welcome to This Thing Called Movement, a podcast exploring the medium of movement and looking into how it has the capacity to transform not only our physical bodies, but potentially every other facet of our lives. I'm your host, Marie Janicek. As a former dancer, personal trainer, and much more, I've been able to experience a wide breadth of transformation and revelation using the medium of movement. It is my passion to share its capacity and its depth in as many ways as possible, which is why I have created this podcast for you. Join me as I dive into deep conversations with a wide variety of individuals across many fields and backgrounds to gain insight into their own unique movement experiences, the transformations that resulted, and how movement has affected their lives at large. The goal of this podcast is to empower you to find your unique relationship to movement, allowing it to be a journey of self-exploration, authentic curiosity, and connecting to yourself I hope hearing these guests speak about their movement relationship and experiences will help empower you to begin to explore movement in your own way, in your own life. Welcome to today's episode of This Thing Called Movement. Today, I've brought on Yusun Park to be our guest for this conversation. Yusun is an incredibly inspiring woman. She wears many hats, does many things. Perhaps most notably, she is a violinist working as an SLT instructor in New York City, and she is also an entrepreneur building out a whole new kind of social media platform. It's called DM Life, and we talk about it a lot in the episode. So as your interest is peaked, I highly recommend you check it out. Details are in the show notes below. My favorite elements of our conversation today were particularly Yu Sun's unique experience with movement, mostly in the fact that she has always allowed curiosity to be her principal guide when it comes to engaging with different movement modalities and techniques, and how her experience as a violinist actually helped shape a deeper level of self and physical awareness in her movement practices. We discuss the importance of that deeper level of self-awareness and how it translates to autonomy on a variety of levels and the importance of having autonomy when it comes to your physical expression and your own engagement with different movement modalities. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. Again, Yusun is just such a brilliant woman with so many fresh ideas, and she's such a great nurturer when it comes to helping people embody their physical expression to the highest degree. I'm so grateful she came on to chat with us today. And so I hope you guys can just relax, sit back, tune in, and enjoy this episode. So Yusuf, why
0: don't you go ahead and give us a little introduction about who you are? Just like a quick little yeah. synopsis. Let me see. Where do I begin? I think everything starts with music, if that's if that's an okay place to start. Yeah. My um my background is as a violinist, so I went to Juilliard for music and like I've just been down a weird but amazing journey going towards yeah. fitness, movement, wellness and all of that. And funny enough, I'm actually now in tech um, with all the wellness and the movement and the fitness. So I'm a teacher at heart. I've, it's always been a thing of mine. So I'm a teacher at SLT and I'm also, I do a lot of like content creation for our tech platform, which is called DM life. And it's a place where we help organize uh, resources and people so that communities or, you know, you or I can achieve Much more of our goals.
1: Yeah, and just to give people a little info on DM Life, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, I'll give my perspective and I would love for you to actually talk a little bit more about that. So, uh, my experience with DM Life is that it's a platform that is entirely based on community, whereas, you know, a lot of other current social media platforms that we interact with online. The There is a community aspect, but that isn't really the centric core of or the mm-hmm. connecting principle that's meant to be the vehicle for the distribution. Whereas mm-hmm. DM life, it's all about creating communities and it's not creating communities based off of necessarily like what images you're posting or what hashtags you're into, but rather um, like what you are trying to achieve in your life. So you end up making these circles of like communal support groups to to help reinforce and support each other as we try and make these steps in the day-to-day life things we're doing, whether it's reading a book or completing some sort of race or trying mm-hmm. to be a little healthier. So it's an incredible platform. I highly recommend you guys check it out. You son, if you have anything you want to add. Oh my God, that
0: was perfect. I don't have anything to add. That was it. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. Oh, yeah. yeah it the community aspect is huge. It's really powerful. And I, you know, I think the word community is a big thing right now. We're seeing it everywhere, and a lot of a lot of bigger companies are trying to make it more, um, you know, consumer facing. They're saying it's about the community, and it and it is to the core. It is because of who we are as humans, right? Um, but for us, the most important thing with the community aspect is that, like you said, there's the the helping each other, the um, accountability, whether it's for good or for bad, right? We try to think of it positively always. Um, but how all of that can motivate us and encourage us to be better versions of ourselves. Um, and obviously, a ver- that better version is all relative, um, but that's what's really nice. Your community is unique to to what you need or what you're looking for, and what we're trying to do is help facilitate all of that. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's it's been really interesting to see how these communities are forming, how these groups of people are forming, why they're forming, what kind of conversations people are having, and like what the results look like, and the results it's all great if we say we want to get to this destination B, but by the time everybody, you know, the users in our platform have gotten to their destination B, you know, version B.1 or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. They've gained so much more than just the results. They've gained all of the other things that they've experienced with other people through that journey. And I think that's what makes life so fun Mm-hmm. Um challenging, mm-hmm. but that's the thing that keeps everyone really engaged mm-hmm. in living, like living, living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I mean, like, this is a podcast about movement, right? Yes. And I can't I can't help but like think about how there's so many ways to look at movement. I think when you ask people this overarching question, how do you define it or what does it mean to you? There's this thing of like, oh yeah, my body. But, but like, what about like the movement into a community or the movement as a community? Like mm-hmm. there's all these different ways we can actually experience movement in life and it doesn't have to be limited to just like our bodies and space. But, you know, I think that's an easier connection for most people to start with. So let's go ahead and take a deeper look at sort of what your journey has been to take you into this space with DM Life. What has been your movement history and you can take it as literally as you want like sure. the the body moving through space and like what you've done at what place in time or maybe it's more of that larger conceptual art
0: um you actually said something then just right now I thought there was like a lot of um what am I the word is connection mm-hmm. and so you know movement whether it's with a platform like dm life in a community or movement your body and space i feel like it's all about connection mm. right um, what it is that you're connecting i think is different for other you know for everybody but for me the connection is between the expression of yourself um, like your soul or what have you and the expression of your health right? So the actual, the physical health of your body, mm. that's how I see movement. Um, so there is a connection there and I don't know how much you want me to dig on this. Go I'll just keep it. Going. go down the rabbit okay. hole. Um, I started, uh, my like journey into movement started with, music, with violin, with playing an instrument. I had one amazing teacher, um, Kang, Kang Yong-sen, and he's, uh, he's actually the chair of the strings department at Peabody School of Music right now. Uh, and he taught me technical proficiency slash efficiency so that I was able to express myself on the instrument that much better Mm. right and what I learned was if I don't have complete command of all of my muscles of all of that right even if I wanted to express notes on a page a specific way I wouldn't be able to because I don't have command of the instrument or my body and the way he broke that down I mean we started it's with a violin, it's left hand, it's fingers. So it's small movements. Mm-hmm. Right hand, it's or right arm, it's your arm, but you also have the movements through your right hand and your fingers. So it's really nuanced. It's really subtle, but so, so practicing controlled mm. so my movement practice comes from from that from instrument you know taking an external instrument but also connecting it to the instrument that is my body mm-hmm. and so from that that was like I don't know decades ago since then it's just been like processing movement and any sport or skill in that way so, the technical proficiency is so important, um, but it allows me to express myself in the way that I want, so it feels more genuine and more connected to me. Mm-hmm. that's so fascinating i
1: I love looking at the various continuums that can exist in movement, mm-hmm. and as somebody who lived in dance and then like went to training, I think especially the kind of dance I did for a long time, it was all about the loud, right? The big, aggressive, big. the grandiose. And then getting into college and, and exploring more modern, it was all about that subtlety. It was all about the nuance. And, and there's something about nuance movement that just requires so much more focus and oh, yeah. attention and energy. It's re, it's like a whole nother level of intensity and you wouldn't expect it because it's like a total inversion, Right. In some ways, those big scale movements, while they are athletic, there is a level where you it's just like an explosion, right? It's it's a little bit more chaotic. But to be able to facilitate nuanced, specific movement, it you actually have to focus way more of your energy, and it's way more challenging.
0: I think, yeah, wholly unexpected way. I think it's like the difference between an external and internal sort of focus. But the smaller the nuance, it's so, so, like, every minute thing is so important. Um, yeah. So, for me, it's internalizing mm-hmm. before, you know, expressing or, like, pushing yeah. out. Before right. releasing. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's the best way to put it, before releasing it out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, Yeah, I think for me, I guess the movement stuff comes from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a very clear connection for me. Neuromuscularly, it's mind-body, always. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and then just, you know, things like pliability, mobility, which is the more physiological aspects of movement. Uh, I think that's important as well. Mm. you know, just PT type stuff. Mm. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious now as we're like
1: getting into like this nuanced movement uh, and like learning how to have command over your body, which is like in some ways an instrument to -hmm. then create sound out of your actual instrument. uh, what, What were some of the things that kind of caused you to shift your focus to like move more into the fitness space like to push you into SLT and and all these other mediums that you are currently working with
0: um, there were a bunch of reasons one being just curious mm. I was so um, intensely focused on music for the first 20 something years of my life and I've always, and I always knew that I wanted to, um, I was always curious. I was always like, what are the drama students doing? I want to be in the play or what are the, you know, the varsity kids doing? Cause I wanted to do that as well. And I had opportunities to explore, but I was na- never able to actually take those opportunities because music was so focused for me. Mm-hmm. So when I had the time and the space, in the freedom to just say this is what I want to do or what I be um, I decided to take it to a different level um, take it somewhere else outside of outside of playing an instrument and for me why the reason why I went into fitness or movement is because I always loved dance and I think it was just because I was always playful as a kid just dancing around and um, it felt great you know endorphins and like whatever you want to call it it just made me feel good Mm -hmm. so that was number one that was the biggest thing I I was curious but I was curious about the things that made me feel good so I wanted to go in that direction Mm -hmm. so I had some really great mentors along the way that I bumped into and I trained with them and um the aspect of teaching and sharing with others when it comes to movement, like exploring um, was so uh, unique because I didn't find that in other spaces and it didn't happen as freely. Mm. Um, It was uninhibited. Uh, There was no judgment. It was a lot of analysis, but no no judgment with the analysis, right? And so I really, really liked that. I loved just sharing. So I got into to that more and I started teaching um, group fitness classes at Equinox and I had started doing some SLT classes and I was hooked. I was like, this is exactly how I move my body. You know, it's like that slow, nuanced, internalized sort of focus that was, I was like, this is, this is who I am. Yeah. And just digging more and more into that, it allowed me mentally to find this space where I can almost talk to my body while in movement and that sort of connection we don't give ourselves the time of day to ever do that you know we don't do that we don't say okay and now I'm going to take an hour out of my day to really focus on my body and to really feel everything every movement but you know, when I was doing SLT, it really allowed me to hone in like that. Um, So I was hooked. And then from there, I was just like, I'm just gonna keep going and keep digging. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of the, that's like the truncated version of, of my fitness or movement journey.
1: Well, I mean, that's just such a beautiful story, because I know so many people whose access to their bodies comes from a place of, I need to get this back on track. Like, mm. I need to put this back into health. I need to put this back into the right weight like distribution. I need to put this back into the right strength and mobility. And so rarely do people come in because they're curious. They're usually coming in because they feel helpless and a little scared. And I have found that, like, when we come into it from the place of curiosity and play and wanting to explore and expand, it's so much more fruitful. It's so much more interesting. And so Uh I just, like, love hearing that, you know, that was actually, like, what brought you in Yeah, because it's, like it's so potent when you when you just come at it like from this playfulness as a kid. And and this is something I talk about in my classes at Liberated Movement all the time. It's this idea of how often do you really have a conversation with your body?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it doesn't have to be words. Like maybe some people do that, but just like the give yourself the time, the space to connect, that mm-hmm. connection, your little personal definition mm-hmm. of what movement really is. But that that moment to connect and to feel and to hear and to interact and to, like, really work with yourself and, and like, step into mind and body as a unit and, like, be with it, embody it and embrace it. It's just such a... There's just so much potent magic there. I don't think there's a better way of describing it, especially for me. It's, like, it's just magic because it's this whole other
0: world and this whole other
1: experience.
0: It's, like, it's literally just... To be able to tap into yourself, you have to give... You have to be patient. Yes. <laughs> you have to give yourself that room and just accept that it's a, it's a journey. It is, it's not like I'm going to do this one day and then it'll click. It's never like that. I think a lot of the mainstream, the way mainstream fitness is approached is the surface. It's what you see in front of you, which... To a certain degree, yes, that's important, mm-hmm. but if you're really talking about long-term shifts or changes or, I mean, it's lifestyle changes that you're try- we think that we're trying to make, right, where I think and I believe that all of us are always trying to be a better version of ourselves. We never look into the future wanting a worse version of us right so we're always looking for a better version of ourselves so if that's truly where we want to go I think the mental approach has to be give yourself room give yourself space to try to um Give time. You have to give time. And yeah. allow. Oh, you have to allow. You're right. It's like this acceptance <laughs> yeah. thing. Let it almost like pass through your system. Yeah. And the system, there's so many systems too, right? So that that's a huge thing. And I, I think, like you said, that potent magic, it doesn't happen overnight. But if you do give yourself, if you accept the fact that and you don't judge yourself for what happens next, and you just accept the fact that this will be something that you're learning from, then it's a way more enjoyable um, and long-term journey. And I think the results that you get are that much more lasting. Yeah, if that's what you're looking for, right? Well, because they're integrated with something.
1: Yeah, like I think this is why the curiosity and the play is so important because it becomes about you and this journey and your connection to it, right? Mm -hmm. It it becomes yours versus, again, the externalization. Those factors are important. I 100% agree. But when they become the why, you, you miss out on like the ultimate richness and, and the body of it all. Mm -hmm. Right. Like not to like play on words, but I just totally (laughs) did. Um, (laughs) But you know, to like get, get the deeper layers out of it. And, And when it comes to that magic, I like to think of it as kind of coming into a plot of land that's hasn't been worked on before and you want to grow a garden or you want to mm. grow plants or fruits or vegetables like there's work to be done in that garden but like once those once you've done the work you've tilled the soil you've planted the seeds you've watered you made sure there's adequate sunlight like the, the magic is the seeds ability to grow on its own like totally one, once it has the space and yeah. once that space has been cultivated, it will happen, right? Yes. There's just like the trust of like nature will do its thing. Yeah. Nature knows best. Yeah. And I think that's what this like concept of magic and movement and your connection to it really is. It's it's the trust that your like body and mind and spirit will connect and, and have this like experience that it's meant to have. Mm-hmm. But you like that space and that allowance and kind of the devotion and dedication to that coming back and staying with it and trusting is a really big component there.
0: Yeah, that's really huge. I, you know, there's one other aspect that I I notice when I'm, so when I'm teaching um, clients, uh, I notice that it's hard for us. Let's say you have an hour with me, right? And I'm trying to get, I'm always my my focus is always form first. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can talk about performance of that movement later, right? But form is very important. And it's really hard for the average person to slow down their mind to really focus on the form. So for that reason, I've seen, I, I, you know, I've I've worked with so many different bodies and so many different brains before. And what I've noticed is that it's hard for us to, quiet our minds when we're in some sort of movement right um so for like the average person who is not a fitness a wellness person but someone who's just doing what is being asked of them sometimes the best thing to do if you're not sure if you're doing something right rather than looking outwards for feedback is to ask yourself that question like mm-hmm. what am i feeling what is this supposed to be doing and like i think not expecting one right answer, right? And I, I think a lot of my clients get tripped up on what is this supposed to be working? What is this? What is, I'm like, everything? What's the right way? What's exactly. The right way? <laughs> there is no real right way. It depends on what your goal is. But if you're, if it's just about movement, there is no quote unquote right way. Mm-hmm. There's, um, but we, I think a lot of the, the reason why curiosity and the play and the allowing um, nature to take its course, like that sort of thing, the reason why that works is if you allow yourself to ask questions along the way, to reflect, to analyze, to just assess, that's probably going to be one of the fastest ways to let, your, let things just kind of go. Yeah. Um, You want your, you want to be open to the feedback that you get from your body Mm -hmm. versus the feedback that you get from like an instructor, another person who says this is the way you should or shouldn't do something. Mm -hmm. A lot of times in class I'll say, if you're not feeling it, stop for a second, Mm -hmm. freeze at different points and see where you feel it. Mm-hmm. And like really give yourself time. Like, do you feel it in the knees at where you want to feel? it? If it's not, how do you take that somewhere else? Right. So at that point, you start asking yourself, is this what I want? Is this not what I want? Now, if it's not what I want, how can I shift, make minor adjustments so that I feel it differently? And if I do, then I have to start that's when the training really begins. That's when I tell my body, this is what I want to feel more of. So this is where the muscle memory comes into play. And this is when it slowly turns into performance. But initially when you're trying to find that, it's more about, is this right for me? Is this right for me? I have other, um, I was just having a discussion with um, another instructor who says we do this one move called super lunge, a very standard sort of way. Um, but for her because of the way her body is she can't do it the standard way without feeling it in her back or her hips so she does it a different way and you no, know, an instructor can easily come up and say that's the wrong way but it's not it's what mm-hmm. works with her body and but she's gone through the process process of asking herself is this what no if, if I don't want to feel it in my back, where do I need to be? Where do I need to be? Mm-hmm. Um, so that sort of thing with movement, the, the always asking yourself questions and assessing is so important.
1: Yeah, and also that like uh, that autonomy to like
0: be mm-hmm. like, yeah,
1: maybe maybe how I'm feeling is relevant to this mm-hmm. like, and, and making the decision to have that autonomy like. I'm going to shift this for myself Mm -hmm. and not waiting externally. I think that's so brilliant that you do that as an instructor because I watch this run rampant in fitness or where people just continue to play into that model. It's like this, this closed loop of like instructor knows best, What's the instructor thinking? Or I see it even in my one-on-one sessions as a personal trainer, you know, like, is it right? I'm like, well, what do you feel? Mm-hmm. What is the experience going yeah. on? Because I can't be there all the time. In fact, I shouldn't be there all the time. No. There should be a certain point where I'm not involved in your life at all. And that would be when I've done my job. Yes. But if you're always looking to someone else to tell you that you're okay, you're already in a fundamental disconnect yep. with the whole process. Yeah. You know? and, and so I think that's so profound that you, and it's hard to do when you're in a group. Like It's, it's, it's hard. hard. And especially like in a structured place like SLT yeah. where you have a del- specific product. So be able to put your spin and then translate something on that kind of macro scale for people in those moments, in yeah. those little snippets. That's really powerful. Takes years yeah I'm probably one of the best, so
0: <laughs> it's fun though, because it's I'm always learning like i i only I know my body best. No one else knows my body as well as I do, right mm-hmm. um but if I have like fourteen people in a room who have different bodies than I do, I have to constantly play the role of um coach, guider, guidance person, but also a student a student learning, constantly getting feedback from how people react, um, how they're responding, how they're adjusting and what it, what they, how they react mm. um, facially too. Mm. Like I really watch for these things because at that point, then I know, is there a discussion that needs to be had? Mm. And if there is, then, you know, it's as simple as how are you feeling? Yeah. And they'll, but some of the time, you know, they'll, they'll just be like i'm you know this is good i feel it ah oh, it's like burning in all the right places but other times i'll be like i'm not really sure then we start digging and you know i'll make some time to do that to dig with that one particular person but that's a huge opportunity for me as a practitioner of this in this space to learn mm-hmm. okay on this person this size this sort of stature or strength or ability this person's feeling this move in a particular way and if we adjust it this way what did that do you know i'm thinking like more physics now like how does the weight distribution and all of that come into play Mm -hmm. so you know i do my fair share of asking questions and i think everybody can do that for themselves yeah Right it's it's interesting because as they're talking the one thing
1: I'm that's coming up for me is is like that implicit like emotional body connection too and how that's actually what you're playing into and you're reading someone's facial expressions like where's their emotional state because that's actually telling you a lot about what's going on their internal experience and in some cases like you may have to dig deeper like well is it like Cause you're feeling something like really new and it's intense or is it like something's wrong? Right. But uh, that's also a big thing I play around with a lot. This idea of what's your emotional experience in it. If is it one of torture all the time or is it yeah. one of like, you know, that, that whole excavation and like, you know, getting, getting deeper and exploring and, and there's a difference between like discomfort and then like ser- serious like, Displeasure and discontent, and I watch people allow all those disses Mm -hmm. (laughs) to become like the expectation of like I'm supposed to hate this, you know. And it's like, no, you should you should find the things that you actually enjoy, and and there's a difference between working through something Mm -hmm. and then beating yourself down, yes, to make it work.
0: Oh gosh, yeah, that's true. I think maybe it's because we're in New York. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's because of of the way this how the how we operate in this city. Everything is fast. Everything is hard. Everything is it's never enough. Um, there is that mentality, right? And you're actually abusing yourself. You know, whether it's emotionally, mentally, physically, uh, and you know, I I joke half jokingly say that we're masochists Mm. it's like we can't get enough yeah so we'll keep doing it and you know but I think that's also that's a conversation that you have to have with yourself as a person like is this a priority in my life what is my level of you know grunt work or what is my you know what is important to me Mm -hmm. and once you have that prioritized then you can start thinking about Mm -hmm my physical exertion, right? How much of that mm. is a necessity for me, uh, the mental and the emotional. And I think that's, um, you know, that that goes back to having that conversation with yourself too. But yeah, we do a lot of the, mm. the hard, the strong, the ooh, like all of that. Um, look, I say as long as it's functional, great. But once it becomes dysfunctional, In any way, then you start. You should probably take a few steps back um, before going back in, just to see why it became a dysfunction.
1: And a lot of that is just entirely based around this idea of the why. Your perspective, like what's your frame of reference for it? So you can have two people doing the same thing, and it's a totally different. Side of that equation for that, for maybe a person A, it is entirely mm-hmm. functional and they're like living in that place and it's like awesome, it's giving them everything they need. And for person B, it yeah. is absolutely not where they need to be yeah. in that moment.
0: Even with age, like the way I've changed, um, when I was younger, I could work out for hours, I could be physically active without breaking a sweat, like that sort of thing. Um, but now I've, like, everything's philosophically, things have shifted, and the how much I exert and why I exert um, is different. So I think they, you know, the whole adage is like, as you get older, you get wiser. And I think one of the things I've become wiser about is um, not wasting my efforts. Where do I put in my efforts? And how uh, thinking of it that way, Now my movement practices are very focused on functional, like longevity, Mm -hmm. um, but also intertwining with the play, just kind of going from, well, right now, for instance, I'm training for my first Olympic triathlon,
1: Wow! and
0: so the one thing that I haven't done in a while is swim. Like, I've never trained in swimming Mm -hmm. um I've taken swimming lessons before but that was when I was a kid but I've never trained for a swimming event and it brings me back like doing all the swimming like I had my workout this morning too and it's uh the improvement I've seen is awesome and it's because I'm going back to what I've learned from my violin days with Mr. Sang, talking mm-hmm. about the movement, the neurological connection, um, a lot of breath work and just calming your mind, but also at the same time, giving your brain space in that moment when you're breathing out in the water to remember how your strokes are moving. So this fluid movement, understanding how your breath, your stroke your kicks, your buoyancy, all of that happens at the same time. If you try to push through that when you're first training, you are going to exhaust yourself. Mm-hmm. So one of the hardest things for me when I started swimming, and I think for any beginner, when you start swimming, is that we can't, it's hard to find our easy swim. To really go at a pace where it feels like you're not moving almost that gives you, that allows you the time and the space to really think about everything you're supposed to think about. And because I was able to do that initially, and that was my focus, I've made huge improvements in just four weeks. Wow. Um, It just made everything more efficient. And as soon as I was able to make things more efficient, now I'm able to play with... um, depth with breath like hypoxic I think it's called hypoxic birth. it's like breath work right mm-hmm. holding my breath um streamlining my my strokes and things like that yeah so that's another way my movement practice is kind of like what's that like way. you just like totally you've actually like done a little
1: play with everything you've learned right? yeah paradise it in this moment as you explore in a territory
0: oh yeah Which is
1: such a fun part of that process. Yeah. Well, I have a final question for you.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: Um, So what would you say has been the greatest gift that movement has given you? And you may have more than one that comes to mind. But like whichever one maybe resonates the most for you today in this moment.
0: Self-awareness, I think, is the biggest gift. That's a good one. I think, you know, it's because movement, because of the movement practice I've had, um, the self-awareness, it's allowed me to just kind of see myself differently and really, really see myself, Mm -hmm. not myself within society, myself compared to anybody else. It's like me Mm -hmm. and embracing who I am genetically, what I'm capable of, um, ambition-wise, and it trans—it uh, knowing that I can tap into that perspective of myself, I, I've been able to take that in all different ways. Like even just being an entrepreneur. Um, When you're in the thick of starting something, especially with someone you live with, you know, and you're in a relationship with, what happens is that you can get very clouded by your emotions. You can get very clouded by circumstances. And there's circumstances every single day. So for me to know that I'm capable of being self-aware all I have to do is just remind myself I can do that, take a step back, so my emotions don't take over. Mm. Um, that has been the most powerful thing, and it it's happened through movement. If it wasn't for practicing movement in the way that I did, I would not have been able to tap into self-awareness the way that I can, um, and that's been able to take me in so many different directions when it comes to performing at my best in whatever it is, music, fitness, dance, my business, my day-to-day interactions, my relationships, things like that.
1: Yeah. I've had a similar experience where I just, I noticed like my relationship with movement has fostered just like this deeper understanding and awareness of all these other things in my life. Yeah. And and I actually see this as like a commonality with a lot of dancers, is that when you have conversations with them about stuff, like unrelated stuff to dance, they're such deep thinkers. And and I, I think that goes for most people who are really invested in a relationship with their bodies and their movement practice. It's just you're you you get much less distracted by circumstances, right? The surface level stuff. It doesn't upend you so much because you get that that's kind of just a transitory experience and you can like connect back to yourself that idea of self-awareness to steer you through those rough patches and to gain a little perspective in terms of what's going on. That's an incredible answer. One thing I, I actually love doing at the end of these interviews oh. is uh, asking my my guests if there's any final thoughts, like in the course of this conversation that we've sort of dove into and unpacked, mm. what would be like the last little words of wisdom you would want to
0: leave the audience with? Oh, gosh. To give time for yourself. And that's not just, like, a timer time. It's not time on a clock. It's, it's mental space. Um, and maybe to be less abstract, I think one of the things that can allow that sort of time or facilitate that is um, through physical therapy type of work or movement, because I, I really, truly believe that everybody should do physical therapy and breath work. Mm -hmm. There's something powerful in breath work. um, Slightly euphoric. If you can get there A, a lot of work and it's, it's hard, it's challenging, but if you can do those two things for yourself, it'll give you, it'll, you'll be able to find time mentally. And as soon as you have that, you're, you start seeing things and feeling things differently. So when it comes to movement, yeah, I think look into PT and think about breath work and breathing to allow yourself more time.
1: Time. I really like that. That's beautiful.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me today. This
1: was an incredible conversation. Um, So if our listeners want to get in touch with you some, where can we find you?
0: Oh, well, I'm on... Instagram at YSPFIT. That's yeah, just YSPFIT. All right, yeah, Yeah. all of that. And then with DM Life, it's D I E M L I F E. Um, That's we've got our Instagram for that, but also our platform, which is Mm DM.life. And so whatever movement goals or breath work or PT stuff. Um, you're working on or classes you're taking you can add that into dm life and just track all your progress have conversations and build a community of people who can help you get to where you want to get to with your movement goals
1: yeah or any goals you have any goals yeah it's like
0: all over the place yeah. yeah awesome
1: well thank you guys so much for joining us Yusan. it was so great to have you thank you have a great day guys we will catch you later bye bye Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode on this thing called movement. I'm your host, Marie Janicek. And if you're interested in connecting with me directly, you can find me on Facebook under the name Marie Janicek and on Instagram at Marie Janicek. If you enjoyed this episode... Don't forget to leave us a review and make sure to share with your friends and family. In the meantime, I can't wait to connect with you all next week when we bring on our next guest. Until then, make sure to get out there and move.